Hallelujah. Praise y'all. Uh, praise y'all um, for this day. Shabbat Shalom. Uh, Pastor Battle, a hard love ministry. As you all know, I say it all the time. Don't know why I keep saying it. Y'all know who I am by now. But praise y'all that you are. We have, we've been having so much fun. It's been so excited today on um, with the uh, our Torah class. It's just it, it gets gooder and gooder. I, I, know, I know that's not I know that's not proper English, but it gets gooder and good, gooder and gooder. It gets better. But we but we're dealing with in our Torah class today. We, 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 we we've been dealing with the curses. The curses of Israel. So we're gonna we're gonna um, get started back into that. Let's let let let's let's start off with a word of prayer. Y'all, we thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for being so good to us and so wonderful. For you are our strength. You are the Most High, and we love you. Y'all, I pray right now in the name of Yeshua Hamashiach that you would touch those who are listening. That you would touch those who are still asleep. Wake them up. Bring them back into. Uh, who you are and those who desire to be in the commonwealth of Israel by being grafted in and submitting to you and knowing who we are. Wake them up. Turn them from their sins to you. You are a redeemer. You are our salvation. You are our strength. You are our everything. You are our all in all. And y'all, we thank you for that. We ask you to open up, um, increase our trust. We know that trust comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Yah. So we thank you for that. We thank you for being so good to us, so being so awesome. So hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So so we, we're dealing with um, a faith that works, but we're dealing with the curses of Israel. In order, in, in, in order to really deal with the curses of Israel, you have to know who Israel is. You can't just look in the natural and say, oh, that, that, that Israel. Anybody ever seen a movie, The Jerk? Yeah. You know, you got Steve Martin and the jerk, and he was in a family full of black people. Did y'all know that Steve Martin was not black? <laughs> he, he, he was a Caucasian man, right? Right. So was he an African-American or was he a Caucasian? Caucasian. Right. So, so he needed to know who he was. Right. And he needed to come into himself, even though he had so-called family. So Israel is something similar right now to the jerk. We're we, we in a place that we're out of place and think that we're a part of something that we're really not. Israel is out of place and Israel is asleep. Israel has to be able to identify with the curses that's on Israel. Jacob. We got to be able to wake up and come to ourselves. We got to teshuva. Turn from our sins back to Yah. And all of this is done based on our trust. So we're gonna um we're gonna deal with um hallelujah. Luke 22, beginning at verse 31, where it says, Shimon, Shimon, listen, Simon, Simon, listen. The adversary demanded, demanded. He came by force. The adversary demanded to have you people for himself and to sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you, Simon, that, okay, listen. The adversary demanded to have you people. What people? Who did Yeshua come for? Who did he come to redeem? 
at this point in time, Yeshua did not just come to redeem the entire world. That's not what he said. He says, I am come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he's coming to get Israel to come back to Yah. He's coming to bring the original plan that Yah had in the first place. So the people he's talking about is his people. It's the children of Israel. And he has said that the adversary has demanded to have you people. The adversary has demanded to have you people for himself to sift you like wheat. But I pray for you, Simon. The adversary demanded to have the people, but Yeshua says he prayed for Shimon, for Simon. That your trust, your faith might not fail. Whose faith might not fail? Simon's faith. And once you have turned back in repentance, strengthen your brothers. Who's his brothers? He's not just talking about the other ten Talmudim with him. Because remember, Judas betrayed him. He's talking about all of Israel. After Peter has turned back in repentance to Shuvah, turned from his sins back to Yah, that he can strengthen his brothers. Shimon said to him, Lord, I am prepared to go with you both to prison and to death. Peter boasted, man. Yeshua replied, I tell you, Kepha, I tell you, Peter, that the rooster will not crow today until you have denied me three times that you know me. That's what he telling. Peter begins to boast, said, man, I ain't no. I'm telling you, I'm riding. I'm with you. No, you're going to deny me. So we know what happened. They go. As Peter, they, they come to Yeshua, and as Peter falls from a distance, uh, he's trying to warm himself by fire while they have Yeshua. A, a young lady says, you know what? He was with them. He said, no, I don't know him. Then a man says, you know what? He's one of them. No, I'm not one of them. I don't know him. Then about an hour later, somebody said emphatically, emphatically that he is with him. He's one of them. And he gets upset. No, I tell you, I don't know him. Then all of a sudden, cock a doo doo Or well, the rooster comes, the, the town crier comes. And Peter, Yeshua looks at Peter. And when Yeshua looks at Peter, he's convicted. He's remorseful. But he turns back. So now, not even two months later, maybe about two months later, we have Shavuot, Pentecost. This is 1,300 years from the original giving of the Torah. The Feast of Ingathering, I think, but it's Pentecost, what some people call it. But the, the, the Hebrew word is Shavuot. And they're in Jerusalem. And all of a sudden, right in, let, let's read Acts 2, because I want you all to see something. Acts 2 and 1 says this, The festival of Shavuot arrived, and the brethren all gathered together in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from the sky like the roar of a violent wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire, which separated and came to rest on each one of them. They were all filled with 
the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Ho uh, HaKodesh means the Holy. Ruach means Spirit. So the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. And begin to talk in different languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. As this happened, it says, it says that they were standing in Jerusalem, some religious Jews from under every nation, from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were confused because each one heard the believers speaking in his own language. Totally amazed, they asked, how is this possible? And all these people who are speaking from the Galilee. So people come and say, man, that's, that's crazy. They're confused. They're caught up. But what we are, are, is going to get ready to see is Yeshua's word coming past of what he told Peter. Like I said, the book of Luke, it acts to be one book. Because it's, 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 it's whoever authored the book of Luke is talking to their friend Theophilus. The same person being talked to. And he's giving them an account of Yeshua and the apostles. So now, they come. And, and, and they come and, and, and Peter begins to stand up speak to them about the prophet Joel and about the sons that was prophesied. He talks to them about David. And then now, when you are... Uh, <laughs> When you get to Acts 2.36, this is what it says. Therefore, let the whole house of Israel know beyond doubt that Yah has made him both Lord and Messiah. This is sure whom you execute on the state. He said, let the house of Israel know beyond doubt that Yah has made him both Lord and Messiah. Right? Whom you execute on the state. And then it says this. On hearing this, they were stoning in their hearts. And they said to Kepha and the other emissaries, Brothers, what should we do? And Kepha answered them, Turn from sin, return to Yah, and each one of you be immersed on the authority of Yeshua the Messiah into forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh, for the promise is for you. For your children and for those far away, as many as y'all may call to himself. So I want to give you the, the, the thing, a faith that does not fail. What was the word, the trust, the faith that Yeshua was telling Peter shouldn't fail? The promise of the renewed covenant. Let's go to Jeremiah 31. We're trying to set it up. And then, and then we, we may even go to Hebrews 8. You got a lot of folks that say, man, that's the, that's the old covenant. We don't go to the... Man, listen, the Old Testament is a man-made man word. You don't see nowhere in the scripture where y'all calls the Old Testament the Old Testament. It's the Tanakh, the Torah, the writings, and the prophets. There's nothing old about it. It's y'all's word. Don't let the adversary deceive you by causing you to call some old and, 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 and tell you to come in some new. The New Testament is not the New Covenant. Hallelujah. No, the New Testament is not the New Covenant. But here's the promise that was coming, that was promised to Israel and Israel's children, their children. Here, the Jeremiah 31, 31 says, Here the days are coming, says Yah. When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. 
it will not be like the covenant I made with their fathers on the day I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt, because they, for their part, violated my covenant, even though I, for my part, was a husband to them, says Yah. Here's the covenant. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says Yah. I will put my Torah within them and write it on their hearts. I will be their Elohim, and they will be my people. No longer will any of them teach his fellow community member or his brother, no Yah. For all will know me. This is not saying no longer will they have anybody to teach them anything. This is saying that now they can have a personal or, or, or they can have a relationship with Yah. That, that the word no is the word Yada. Which means to have an intimate relationship. For all will know me, from the least of them to the greatest, because I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. And Yeshua says this in, in, in John 17 and 3, he said, Give them eternal life, and eternal life is what? To know Yah. So the renewed covenant is for you to now know Yah and to have a relationship. And to be forgiven of your sins. And that's a good thing because now Israel, because of being asleep, because of walking in sin, they don't know Yah. Israel know Israel. Israel know all about Israel. Israel know how to be promiscuous. Israel know how to be violent to one another. Israel sets double standards. When it comes to the police killing us, when it comes to one killing us, we want to say black lives matter. But when it comes to us killing us, we want to have the no snitching rule. When it comes to us hurting us, we want everybody to be quiet. Shh. And so that Israel is bound and do not want to be free. That's not good. It's time to wake up. Turn. The promise is for you to be reconciled back to Yah. The promise is for you. Yeshua tells Peter, the adversary has demanded to have you people and to sift you as wheat. But listen, you don't have to be sifted if you put your trust, your faith in the Most High. If you know that there's a new covenant promise for you, you can now turn from your sins. Yah will fill you with the Spirit and help you walk in His ways. Help you to walk in righteousness. Help you to walk in holiness. Teach you his ways. Show you how to love him. Show you how to love one another. He will help you now, Shema. You know what's happened? We call we 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 call ourselves uh, to be waking up, right? Yes, sir. And so we want to wake up, but now it seems like everything all of a sudden now is a show or a competition. We want to give them say, Shema Yisrael, Yahuwah Eloheinu. We want to beat on the drum. Shema Yisrael, Yahuwah Echad. Bo, bo. But we don't want to get up and do what we said Shema about. Because what does he say Shema about? Right. Loving your neighbor. Eating clean. We have, listen, in the Torah, it talks about, um, a person sleeping. Let's go to Leviticus. Let, let, let me just give you the scripture today. Leviticus 18. And let me show you some of the curses that's on Israel. 
that we don't want to come out of. But and, 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 and we have the nerve to tell people to be quiet about. Let's go ahead and say this. This is part three. Listen to this. Leviticus 18, beginning in verse 6, says, None of you is to approach anyone who is a close relative in order to have sexual relations. I am Yah, your Elohim, I am Yah. You are not to have sexual relations with your father. You are not to have sexual relations with your mother. She is your mother. Do not have sexual relations with her. You are not to have sexual relations with your father's wife. That is your father's prerogative. You are not to have sexual relations with your sister, the daughter of your father or the daughter of your mother, whether born at home or elsewhere. Do not have sexual relations with them. You are not to have sexual relations with your son's daughter or with your daughter's daughter. Do not have sexual relations with them. Because their sexual disgrace will be your own. You are not to have sexual relations with your father's wife's daughter, born to your father, because she is your sister. Do not have sexual relations with her. You are not to have sexual relations with your father's sister, because she is your father's close relative. You are not to have sexual relations with your, with, with your mother's sister, because she is your mother's close relative you are not to disgrace your father's brother by having sexual relations with his wife because she is your aunt you are not to have sexual relations with your daughter-in-law because she is your son's wife do not have sexual relations with, do not have sexual relations with her you are not to have sexual relations with your brother's wife because she's your brother's prerogative are y'all listening to this? You are not to have sexual relations both with a woman and her daughter, nor are you to have sexual relations with, your, with, your, with her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter. They are close relatives of her. And it would be shameful. You are not to take a woman to be a rival with her sister and have sexual relations with her while her sister is still alive. You are not to approach a woman in order to have sexual relations with her while she is unclean from her nadah. Or a cycle. You are not to go to bed with your neighbor's wife and thus become unclean with her. You are not to let any of your children be sacrificed to Molech, thereby profaning the name of Yah. I am Yah your Elohim. You are not to go to bed with a man as with a woman. It is an abomination. Let's put pause right here. This is one big problem in Israel sexual perversion. The adversary wants to bring you, keep you under a curse because in Deuteronomy 20, 27, it says if you don't follow the, the commands of Yah or the words of the Torah, you will or, or put this into practice, you are under a curse. We call this today sexual molestation. One of the curses of Israel is sexual molestation. Uncles touching their nieces and nephews. Aunties touching their nieces and nephews. Brothers and sisters molesting one another. Cousins. And we have the nerve to say, be quiet. Don't talk about it. And we're continuously 
putting our people in bondage. Because we don't want to deal with the issue of sin or being homosexuals. You see most of this stuff in what we call, so-called call the black church. Because the adversary does not want you to come out of bondage. He wants to keep you bound. Keep you stuck in a place that will cause you to remain under a curse that will keep you in exile. And now we don't want to talk about it. It's so hard to talk about. Because grandmama has put a burden on the niece or the child and said, be quiet about it. Because she don't want her son to be held accountable for his action. She don't want Uncle Bubba, not my son, to go to jail. She don't want him to go to jail. But he needs to be in jail. He needs to be told on. Or she don't want her, her niece to go to jail. But see, these things are keeping us in a place of captivity, and we can't come out of it. We can't be free, and then our mind is so distracted that we're so focused on what camp we're part of and how to say a word. We debate on saying shalom or shalom. We debate on if, if, if the Shabbat is 12 hours or 24 hours. We debate on having one or two wives. But we don't want to deal with the sin issue that's keeping us in captivity. We want to say, well, you know, why are the police pulling us over and we're getting shot down? Well, why are you still living in sin? Why are you still debating whether to obey y'all or not? It's not fair. Our dear sister was just talking a little while ago. It was talking about the, uh, the justice system. And how Israel how, or how people of color get more time than other people. Well, that's part of the curse. Because you're being punished for your sin. But we get mad at the point of the punishment, but not even acknowledge the wrongdoing that we've done. We don't want to get 15 years for selling marijuana. That's too harsh because little Billy over there got five years or he got probation. But listen here, dope. Why are you selling drugs? It's part of the curse. We got a teshuva. We got to listen to what Yeshua told Peter. He said, Simon, Simon, the adversary has demanded to have you people and to sift you as wheat. He wants to kill your life. And he is vicious. And the sad thing about it is we don't mind him killing us. We respond just like the religious Jews from under heaven. From under everything under heaven because we don't see y'all move. The first thing these people did was say, you know what? They drunk. They are drunk. And thank y'all for Peter who stands up and said, We're not drunk like you say. It's only nine in the morning. But this is that that was promised by the prophet Joel. He began to talk, and then as they was cut to the heart. For him telling them about them crucifying Yahshua who has come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They're cut. Brothers, what shall we do? He said, Teshuvah, repent. Turn from your sins to God. Turn back to Yah. For this promise is for you and your children. Children of Israel, hear me real well. Wake up. Yah desires to have a renewed covenant with you. He desires to put his Torah on your heart so you don't have to continue to do or be a victim of sin. Sin no longer has dominion over you. 
You are redeemed from the curse of Torah through your trust if you just turn from it. You can actively stop doing it. If you are an uncle or if you are a niece and you listen to this message, if you have molested your niece or your nephew, that's a curse you're dealing with, brother. Won't you repent of it and become accountable for it? Won't you become accountable and, and, and be real and stop doing that? If you are a victim of that situation and that's happened to you, tell the person that has done it and turn from it so you can be free of it. Because we got to stop being bound to the adversary. We have to acknowledge these curses on our lives so we can come out of it. We don't even love each other anymore. We're mad. We want to fight one another. We want to whoop one another. We want to beat somebody up. Why you want to kill me and I'm your brother? How can you call me your brother but still put a gun at me? Or call me your brother and still hurt me. You want to have picket signs up. You want to walk on the street and hold up signs about Black Lives Matter. But then when you kill each other, you want to say, shh, ain't no snitching. I'm real. We ain't no snitch. You, uh, that, that's a double standard. And you are a hypocrite for it. Because if your life really matter and if Black Lives Matter, as you say they do, then why are you talking about one another? Why are you killing one another? Why are you hurting one another? If you want to turn from your sins to Yah, it takes your obedience, it takes your faith, it takes you getting past what people say, do or think, it takes you to, be an active, to make an active response. We was asked a question earlier by our dear sister, how do we know that we are no longer under the curse. If we turn to Yah, it, it's, it's by your trust in him. It's by your trust in his word. We use the example of Abraham. Yah only told Abraham at the first that you're going to have a son by Sarah. It was only Abraham that he told. It took Abraham's faith. When, when, in, in Mark first chapter, beginning at verse 9, when Yochanan, John the Immerser, immersed Yeshua in the Jordan, Yeshua is the only one that heard the voice of Yah saying that this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Yeshua is the only one who saw the heavens open up. He's the only one who, who, who saw the spirit that sit upon him. It took his faith. It took him not being persuaded by what someone else would say. It took him not being moved by how someone else felt, but it took him being obedient and moving, operating on the word that Yah spoke to him, that he heard Yah speak. It took Abraham to move on the word that he heard Yah speak. And if you hear Yah speaking to you about turn from your sins, if you hear Yah speaking to you about, uh, about who you are, or if you hear Yah speaking to you about coming out of these curses, you got to walk it out. And you can't be caught on how you feel. Or what, or, or, or what they're going to say, but you got to believe Yah in spite of. And I know this kind of, I know that this is tough. I know this is a tough message. Just about every one of my teeth be tough. But it's all right. We got to deal with it. You know, when me coming to the knowledge that um, I'm Israel, that, that, that took a lot. They, my, my, my brother, I'm going to say his name on air. I ain't going to put him on the camera. But I'm going to say his name. Brother Jeffy, we were talking. He said, well, you know, we got to be able to look at these. And I know it's tough, but we got to be able to look at the scripture. And we got to say it how it says it. Even if people don't agree with it, even if it's tough, even if it's not popular. And that's the truth. And the problem is we don't want to deal with it because it seems tough. But sometimes in order for you to go forward, you have to conquer the tough things. You got to deal with it. So I know it's tight. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I, and, I, and I hope that these words help you. 
Because these words are from Yeshua. What he says in Matthew 5.10. He says, how blessed are those who are persecuted. Because they pursue righteousness. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. How blessed are you when people insult you. And persecute you. And tell you all kinds of vicious lies. Or tell all kinds of vicious lies about you. Because you follow me. Rejoice. Be glad. Because your reward in heaven is great. They persecuted the prophets before you in the same way. He says this. You are the salt of the land. But if salt becomes tasteless. How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except being thrown out for people to trample on. You are the light for the world. A town built on the hill cannot be hid. Likewise, when people, when people light a lamp, they don't cover it with a bowl, but put it under a lampstand so that it shines for everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people so that they may see the good things you do and praise your Father in heaven. How blessed are you for taking the truth and walking with him? Even when they want to say that girl lost her mind. She is crazy. That man is a lunatic. All the time on my job, people ask me, why you don't eat pork? You with the Old Testament. Yep, you got that right. You a Jew. Yep, you got that right. Well, we, well, we're gonna work on we're gonna work on on Saturday, Carrie. Are you coming in? Nope, you got that wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna stand in my truth, or what I know is the truth, in spite of how anyone feels. Yes. If my mother never wants to talk to me again, she might see this video. Then so be it. I love my mother. I would love to have a relationship. But if it, when it comes between choosing her and the Most High, she lost already before it starts. I love my father. I love my brothers and sisters. I love my wife. But I'm tired of my people suffering because we refuse to open our mouth and speak against sin and tell them who they are. The thing that's so sad is everyone knows who you are except for you. And so now your life is being abused because you have an identity crisis. I heard Dr. Miles Monroe say something that was true. See, he said the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but it's life without reason. And it's dangerous to be alive and not know why you're given life. He goes on and said the richest place in the world is a cemetery. It's full of doctors and lawyers and he said, but all of them died outside of that purpose. See, it's, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy to die outside of your purpose of knowing who you are. You are more than just a black man. You are more than just a black woman. Let me give you your identity. You are an Israelite. You are Israel. You are the one who the Most High has called to carry his word. That's awesome. When you look in the book of Samuel, it says Samuel grew and none of his words fell to the ground. In his days, the word of Yah was precious. The word of Yah 
has to become precious to you in order for you to live it out. In order for you to accomplish the, the goal and the purpose, I'm proud to be who y'all called me to be. I'm an Israelite by DNA. I realize I'm not grafted in. I'm part of the original root. I am a son of Yah who has an inheritance. I realize that we're in exile because of our own disobedience. But we can turn from that and begin to walk in righteousness, begin to walk in holiness, and we no longer have to be disobedient. I can now love my brother regardless to if he's a blood or if he's a crip, if he's a folk or, he, or he's a vice lord, regardless if he's poor or rich. Regardless of where he lives at, I can love him because the command tells me to love my brother. I don't care what he's from or what he has. I'm going to love him. And now I can love my brother with the understanding that my brother is wounded. So even if I got on good clothes, if he's bleeding and leaking, I can still embrace him and his blood get on me. But at least I can be his strength and not condemn him because of his ignorance. Woo! And there's something, how we condemn one another for being ignorant, but we say we love everybody. Let's wake up. Let's turn from our sins. Let's begin to acknowledge the curses that's on our life, and let's walk out of them. Let's, let, let's start teaching our young women to be virtuous. Amen. And to say, you know what? You can be a virgin until you get married. You don't have to fall into the peer pressure. And you don't have to give your body up. And if you did the mistake, not the mistake, if you did the sin, you can stop right now and you no longer have to continue to be promiscuous. You know, we have a lot of young people and older people who struggle with same-sex uh, relationships. And a lot of that is because, it's, it's because of them being molested by someone in their family. So now they, now they have identity crisis and they don't want to deal with, you know, hey, the, same, uh, the opposite sex because the opposite sex is the one that hurt them. Listen, you don't have to struggle anymore. You can stop dealing with the same sex. That's a curse. That's the adversary trying to, to deceive your mind to make you think you were born like that. When you were not born gay. That's not a gene in your body. If you were born gay, that means the most high is a liar. And he is not a liar. He said a man should not lay with a man as he would with a woman. So the man should not have sex with a man is what he's saying. So you are not born like that. You can be delivered. Don't follow the lie. You can come out of it. We'll help you. We'll talk to you about it. We'll teach you about it. We'll be strict to you. And we won't judge you for struggling with it. We'll show you how to overcome. And you can enter into the renewed covenant. Learn God's word. Be convicted by that sin. And walk from it. And he'll give you strength through the rule of Hakodesh. That's a promise to you. You can now know who you are. Black man, Hebrew man, Israelite man. You are not dumb. You can get an education. You can provide for your family. You don't have to sell drugs. You don't have to get high to cope with your problems. Now you can turn from it, turn to Yah. He can show you that, you know what? I'm a holy nation. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a king's kid. I now have an inheritance. I can now be who he called me to be. Come out of it. Make a decision. Stop. 
if you're right now hearing me. Put down the drugs. Turn from it. Come on, let's come back to ourselves. Let's be like the son who came back to his father, who we call prodigal. How he went out and started living his money on righteous living. And he began to do things that he should not do. He lost his money. He tied himself to a Gentile master. And he had gotten so low and gotten so hungry that he began to want to eat what the swine ate. But when he got that low, the word says he came to himself. And he started saying, you know, I wonder, you know, if my father would give me a job or how many servants of my father would would, would feed me. And he began to come back to his father. And at a distance, his father saw him walking and his father ran to get him. And it says that when his father saw him, his father did not bring up what he did. His father said, get a robe for my son, put a new robe on him. His father said, put a ring on his finger. Go and get some new sandals. Father cleaned him up and head through a party and said, get the fattest calf. And then when they do come back in that condition, let's not let one of us be like the older brother who is self-righteous. Come back and see that brother's turn and begin to act funny. You know, that's, that's what we're doing now. We, the, 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 those of us who know who we are begin to act funny and say, you know, I've been in the house all alone. And you ain't never gave me a, even a calf. And the father's response says, son, you've been here all the time. What's mine is yours. You never even had to even ask for it. But we become so self-righteous that when our brother has come back, we begin to become judgmental. Come on. Come back home, son. Come back home, daughter. Come back home. Let's wake up. Let's realize that while we're in this far country, we need to come to ourselves. Let me read Deuteronomy. 30. We need to wake up. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. Let's wake up. <laughs> We're asleep. Come on, somebody, shake your, your brother. Wake him up. Come on. I, 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 I mean, let, let's wake them up and say, hey, man, you're somebody special. Yeah. I remember seeing a movie, and I, and, and I know I talk a lot about movies. I use a lot of analogies. But I remember seeing the movie. Richard Pryor, Bustin' Loose. Y'all remember that movie, Bustin' Loose? Mm-hmm. Come along, man. And Richard Pryor was, there was, he was helping a lady with the orphan kids. Yes. It was one of the girls on there that saw Joe Braxton. And she, she drew a picture, she brought it to him the first time. But she tried to, wanted to have sex with him. And he said, hold on, wait a minute. No, that's not right. You are somebody. She had she tried to respond to him through sex, but he stopped her. Said, "No, no, 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 no. That's not who you are. That's not who I am." Well, let me tell you this. This is the same thing for you. That's not who you are. You need to come out of it. I know some of y'all have the same question: Who am I? Why are we going through this? What's happening? Because it's hard for some of our pastors nowadays to explain to the people who they are. Because you can't tell me you're not asking these questions of why all of a sudden African Americans are being overwhelmingly killed by the police. And it's hidden close to home. We had a young man that was killed by the police a few weeks ago in my very own city of Madison, Alabama. And then last week, while I'm at work, while I was 
looking on Facebook, I see a, a, a news alert of a man killed his brother over in North Huntsville where my mom lives, right around the street, maybe a five-minute walk. And, and, and it broke my heart because I'm wondering why we killing one another. That's a curse. Then as I'm doing my job, I'm, I'm at work one day, maybe a few days later, and I go to my last customer of the month. I go to their house, and she comes outside, and her eyes are full of tears. And she tell me, she said, you know the young man that was killed the other day in Huntsville? I said, yes, man. She said, that's my grandson. Mm. And she said, I, I have not been able to stop crying. It's been hard. And that broke my heart. Because I'm looking like, oh, man, how do you respond to that? That the grandmother or the mother and the father got to deal with that child mm -hmm. killing that child. Oh. Oh. And then even in my own family, we had some stuff to come up this week in my own house. And I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. how do we deal with this issue? Because I don't want my, my kids to kill one another. I don't want to kill none of my kids. Then to hear my children, we got to have some real talking. My child tell them something about my, another family member of mine hurting them in, in a certain way. And I'm trying to think in my mind, oh, yeah. Then I'm looking back and saying, this is the curse. Curses of Israel. Mm -hmm. And it touches home. Because it's devastating for a father, to, for a grandfather, a grandmother, to have her grandson kill another grandson. And both of them are a grandson. How do you handle that? That your son kill your son. And he's in jail. Do you burn him out? Do you turn your back on him? Or do you embrace him and try to help? See, these curses hit home. And we got to begin to deal with them. Because that's heavy. And I tell my father about, the, the woman told me my father began to cry. And he says, you know, that, that's hard because my father killed a man 30-some years ago. And that was the second murder case my father was involved in. Because as a child, he had to deal with it again when an armed robbery went wrong. And a guy he was with killed someone. And that's a curse. And then he tells me about what happened when his mother died and how he was at his daddy's girlfriend's house. When his daddy came to his girlfriend's house and told him his mother was dead. And so now you got to try to look at the situation and say, man, we are all trapped in curses. And because my father couldn't raise me because he was in the penitentiary for murder. But even before then, he was hurt because my mama hurt him. He had told me that. And so now we're under the curse that we got to raise up without a father. So I'm raising up with an identity crisis of who I am. And I, and, and I want to be a thug and I want to throw up gang signs. And I want to be able to hurt somebody of an opposite color of a, with a rag on their head. That's a curse. And here we are continually putting one another in the funeral home, in the grave. And putting our mothers and fathers in debt. Because they don't have life insurance to bury us. But we don't so-called care. And then we want to smoke a blunt. Or smoke, or smoke a drug called no-show. Or the new drug, the new pill. The new pill we want to take. And we all walk around like zombies. And we're geek monsters getting geeked. And we don't want to understand why it's like that. And then we continue to, to follow the cycle of our sons and daughters going to jail. 
And then we got grandparents having to raise their kids because the mother or the father don't want to grow up. And we don't want our kids going into the system, being raised by DHR or at a young age because the mother don't want to get herself together. Now the child is dealing with him having kids. And now that child is going, being locked up. See, all these things are happening because we are under a curse and we don't want to deal with the issue. We don't want to turn from our sin back to the most high. And then we want to deal with religion. We want to go to church and we want to pick them up and put them down. We want to pick them up. We want to put them down. We want to dance a jewel. We want to walk around like chickens and quake, quake. We want to roll off in the flow and slob out of our mouth and somebody put a sheet over because the girl got on a dress and you don't want nobody to see her panties. When she get up, she's still a freak. She's still promiscuous. He's still violent. He's still going to slap his girlfriend. We got boyfriends raping their girlfriends, tying them up by their hands and their feet and raping them. And then here we are talking about it's all right and we don't say nothing about it. These are curses that we're under. We don't want to deal with the real life issue. We want to have church. We want to have a good time. We want to run around. But we don't want to face the curse. We, we, we think that we get the money and put money on the altar. And we're going to sow into that word and we're going to be blessed. We're going to get money back. But you here you are with a lot of money. And you still bound by a curse. You still can't stop slapping your wife. You still can't quit calling her a bitch out of her name. You still want to cheat on her. And you want to cheat on him, woman, because now you hurt. Because he's not being who he's supposed to be as a man. So you don't know how to go to the most high. You want to give your open your legs up to somebody else. And you want him to hit it because your husband ain't hitting it right. Those are your excuses when in reality you hurt because of a curse. And you don't want to deal with the issue. You don't want to ask the most high to come to your life. You don't want to turn to, from your sin. You want to give an excuse of why you're doing what you're doing. I'm, I'm a sin against God because I'm hurt by my mama. I'm hurt by my daddy. I'm hurt by somebody. Well, if you hurt, then say I'm hurt. Yes. See, my uncle asked me last week, if we, two weeks before, two weeks ago, he said, "Why you don't why you don't answer the phone when you when, when I call you?" And I gotta be honest. He asked me why you don't answer the phone when you call me, but he don't remember that when I was 11 years old and he beat me with a belt so bad. And I, when I told him I couldn't breathe, and he told me that 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 I kill you. That at 45 years old, I still remember that. So it's hard for me to look at you in your face when you beat me as a kid and told me you would kill me. No, I was not sexually molested. I was abused by being whooped. So it's hard for me to look at you to say I don't want to talk to you right. <clears throat> because you beat me. Yeah. And it's hard for me to deal with that. <clears throat> yes. I forgive him. <clears throat> I forgive him. <clears throat> and I love him. But I had to acknowledge that I was still mad at you for something happened over 30 some years ago. Because I'm 45 years old. And it's hard for me to have a relationship with you because you abused me as a child. But I know I can't continue to hold on to that because I want you to wake up too. And want you to come out of your sin. See, see that, that's real, ain't it? That's real talk, as they say, in 2019. So, so ask yourself the question, why am I like I am? Why do I don't want to be around nobody? Why do I, now me, myself, personally, I don't struggle with the same sex. I've never struggled with the same sex. I, I haven't. But I have struggled with trust. 
I told my wife when I first got her, I don't trust you. I told her that. I don't trust you. I think you would cheat on me. That's why I told her. I think you would do me wrong if I give you my heart. I think you would hurt me. Not knowing that I was dealing with insecurities because everybody in my family that always told me they loved me have left me alone. Every man that I confided in as being a friend, I get it later. And that I confided in as being a friend, that I that 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 that, that when, I, when I was their friend, they turned their back on me. They, they did some crazy, so I couldn't trust a man to be my friend. No, because you ain't finna do me wrong. You ain't finna get me like that. I ain't, I'm not gonna be your partner. I'm gonna put a limit on it, and I ain't gonna be real with you. But you can't be like that. So I, we so but because now I, I've been married 21 years and I trust my wife. I don't think that she'll do me wrong. <clears throat> But I'm just trying to show you that this is the beginning of our marriage that I told her that. I had to acknowledge that it wasn't her who I didn't trust. It was my situations. Did you know that most of the time we respond to a person based on events that happen in our life? That we act ways based on things that have happened to us in our life. <clears throat> I'm going to say this. I'm getting ready to end. <clears throat> Y'all got to... Got a little excited. <clears throat> Let me give me some water. I know we on camera. I know we on live. Y'all have to excuse me because we definitely not religious. Roll tight. <clears throat> My younger son, I love him dearly. Him and <clears throat> my wife graduated 17 years old in high school, so they got a lot in common. Cause they were young. I know that when she said that he get a smile on his face, I did too. I went, I was 13 too. <laughs> <laughs> I saw something in him. I remember one day he had to have a surgery. An <clears throat> uh, 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 Me and my, all of us had the same surgery. Mine was just in, in, out of an emergency. And I noticed his voice had changed. The first time I noticed that Malachi's voice and got deep. <laughs> but I saw him that when people, his, his siblings especially, would start saying stuff to him, how he would respond back to him. In aggression. Like, no, nah, you even hit me now on the head. And I'm looking at him, and I realize that he not being mean, he just tired of folks trying to run over him. Trying to handle him, make him feel like he's nobody. So he responded back as a sign of protection. So you know what I do? I did. I let him do it. And I ain't said nothing to him on purpose. Because I knew he was trying to stand up for himself and defend himself. And now I'm not fighting physically. But he wasn't going to let him talk to him any kind of way. And I let him do it because they used to try to talk to him and try to bully him, especially the girls. Trying to bully him, and, and he was standing up for himself. And my point is that many of us now, today in life, we respond to people the same way. Not the person that, that in front of us who done something, but because of the circumstance in our past. We respond to other people because of what has happened to us in the past. So it ain't that we're trying to be mean. We just don't want to let ourselves be hurt anymore. But in order for you to get delivered by the Most High, you have to let your guard down. Mm -hmm. 
and you gotta let the truth come out, and you gotta let y'all come in, and then you'll be delivered. That's how Yeshua delivered people. It was their trust. It was them acknowledging who they were and where they are. When the woman that was the Seraphonician woman came to Yeshua, she was a Gentile. And she said she needed him to help her. He said, it's not me to give the children's meat to the dogs. She said, well, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. She acknowledged that, okay, even though I'm not an Israelite, and I know who, my position, uh-huh. but I know who you are. And Israel said, I haven't seen much faith in all of Israel that I've seen in her. And he responded to her. Or even when he saw the woman who was unclean. And she had an issue of blood for 12 years. And she said, money supposed to be in the camp. She had spent all of her money. She was leaned over. But she saw Yeshua and she thought to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. She was saying, if she can just get to the zitzitz. Because he was an Israelite, she was an Israelite, and she understood that what Yah had told Moshe in Numbers 15 to make the zitzitz, put them on the corners of your garments with a thread of blue, and they shall be a remembrance of my commands. So in her mind, she said, if I can just touch the commands of Yah, I'll be made whole. And she got that, and immediately she was healed. My last verse that we're going to end is this. Deuteronomy 30, verse 1 says, When the time arrives, Deuteronomy 31, When the time arrives that all these things have come upon you, both the blessing and the curse which I have presented to you, and you are there among the nations to which Yah, your Elohim, has driven you, then at last you will start thinking about what has happened to you. And you with Teshuvah, we return to Yah, your Elohim, and pay attention to what he has said, which will be exactly what I am ordering you to do today. You and your children, with all your heart and all your being, at that point, Yah, your Elohim, will reverse your exile and show you mercy. He will return and gather you from all the peoples to which Yah, your Elohim, has scattered you. So if you're wondering why, it's because we disobeyed Yah. It's because our forefathers and us have sinned against Yah. We stopped following His commands. We stopped honoring His feast days. We stopped honoring the Sabbath. We started committing idolatry. We started hurting one another. We, we, we went against every word after we agreed and said, let it be upon me. You, we can turn from it. And Yah will redeem us as his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yah, we thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for being our strength and our salvation. Thank you, Yah, for keeping us. We ask you to help us to walk in your righteousness and walk in your ways. Help us to wake up, to know who we are, begin to acknowledge what we've done, what we're doing, what we've dealt with, what we're going through. Free us up, y'all. Make us free. I know some things y'all the adversary tries to make us say is embarrassing, but I would rather choose not to be embarrassed by saying what I've dealt with 
so you can free us up than to remain bound and continue to sin because of my hurt, because of my disobedience. Yah, free us up. Bring us out of exile. Bring us out of bondage. Wake up the children of Israel, Yah. Continue to wake them up. Help us to know that we are a holy people, a kingdom of Kohanim, that your intention was to make us, as your word says in, in, in Deuteronomy, Yah, your word says in Deuteronomy 26, you says this, you said if, if, if we follow your ways in turn, that you are that we are agreeing that you that you are agreeing to us that we are your own unique treasure as you promised that you are that we are to observe your misfortunes and that you will raise us high above the nations that you have made in praise, in reputation, and in glory, and that and that you said that we are a holy people for you. So y'all make us that holy person. Help us to, to cleave and cling to your commands, to cling to them, that they are the very life that we need to live, y'all. It's obeying your Torah. It's obeying you. It's knowing Yahshua is our Messiah, and that the, the part of the, the new covenant is your Torah on our inner parts, and we'll walk in obedience, and we'll open our eyes up, and we'll teach our brothers, y'all, to live right, to live holy, that the promise of the new covenant is for us, and our children, as Kepha said in, 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 in the book of Acts, that Yah, the renewed covenant is for us and our children. And it's done through our faith in Yahshua HaMashiach as the Messiah, who has come for us, the lost sheep of the house of Israel, who has turned from you in disobedience, who have went into sin. But Yah, we can be redeemed through him, through our trust in you. Yah, we thank you for that. And we glorify you in Yahshua's name. Hallelujah. Shalom. Hallelujah. Shalom, everyone.